0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gross Secrets. I'm your host, Jeff Van Campen. And on this show is where we teach you how to get more patients, make more profit per patient, and teach you how to keep them longer and the many secrets and failures that we have learned along the way. And I've got a very special guest with me today. But before we get into my very special guest, I wanna remind everyone listening to pay the fee. The fee is very simple. We don't fill your ears full of ads. We don't ask you to send us checks in the mail. All we ask is that if you get value from the show, that you pay it forward and share it with somebody else who you know might get value from it. That's how we have been able to grow the show organically. So again, we're not going to fill your ears full of ads. We're not going to ask for any money, any sort of financial donation. But if you do get value and it makes you think, it makes you laugh, it makes you learn something, share it with somebody who might get some additional value. My friends, remember to pay the fee. And before we get into it, I want to really dive deep and talk a little bit about our guests. Okay, So the gentleman I have on here today, is a gentleman I feel like I've known for quite some time just through some mutual associates. But today is our first conversation that we're having together, and I'm beyond excited. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Tabor Smith, who has built a massively thriving practice in Houston, Texas, through the use of effective spinal screenings and dinner workshops. He's also worked in offices, including his own, where they saw over 1,400 visits per week, and they were conducting two to three screenings per week. Dr. Tabor is also the producer of a Better Way documentary, where he travels the country to interview medical experts, political figures, and ordinary people in order to uncover the conspiracy behind America's drug-obsessed healthcare system, and most importantly, find out what he can do and to, to change it and ultimately make it better for society. Tabor, I appreciate you being with me, sir. Thank you so much for letting me be here. I'm honored. Absolutely, my friend, we've got a lot we want to talk about today. Uh, you've built thriving practices, you, you you built a documentary, you've done a lot in the space for, you know, a pretty in a pretty short period of time, I would say, right. And so let's start with the foundation of it all. Let's start inside the clinic. Okay. So what talk to me about your practice, and, and t- kind of how you even really built the practice up to those those numbers that we had just discussed.
1: Sure. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Uh, I've been practicing this year will be 15 years. And uh, we basically, we do what I would call a combination of corrective care, um, and then moving patients from corrective care into a wellness based care, which helps uh, build thriving, you know, like retention, retention is what builds what we, we call thriving practices, retentions where that where that lies. So it was it was nice having a skill early on, to be able to go get new patients right like that's where you talked about screenings dinner workshops you know all of those things those are those are marketing uh uh, strategies but then also have a, a an understanding of chiropractic the philosophy the reasons why we can help people in our communities and implementing that into an educational process that helps build retention and and gets you know families to understand what wellness care looks like so uh, I I actually got into chiropractic. My family had no idea what chiropractic was, and I was you know a, a teenager, and I had horrible lower back pain that would send shocking pains down my legs. I would move in any position, and I was on pain meds all the time, muscle relaxers, anti-inflammatories, and uh, a family member of mine had a great result with chiropractic, and so they said, hey, you you should try it. You should take your son to to the chiropractor. That changed my life forever, but and not just made me want to be a chiropractor, which that, that was my, you know, my pivotal moment where I was like, Hey man, if because if this guy changed my life, I, I want to be able to do that for other people. But at the same time, something in me went, I don't ever want to be in that space again. So I want to learn everything that I can and do everything that I can to keep a healthy spine because literally that was miserable. That was, that was like, you know, if there was anything like being stuck in a prison, I was in, my body was the prison and I was stuck in it with that type of pain and, 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 uh, uh, just to do. So, uh, so that's where I got into kind of looking into preserving the health, long-term wellness, and what we call spinal hygiene, which I teach a lot of today was even just for myself, like, what is a healthy spine? Uh, you know, it it has a, a, a couple of things that we say alignment is important when it comes to a healthy spine so we teach that in our offices the spine should be straight from the front have natural curves from the side uh, motion mobility is important when you want a healthy spine so each segment needs to be moving through full ranges of motion those are things we teach in our office and strength is important as well you know i had to make sure that i'm maintaining strength postural muscles strength around my spine and uh and so building all that up over the years just helped me see deeper and deeper in why the world needs chiropractic. Um, you know, I teach that to the community in the form of, of, of new patient marketing, but then also that being able to teach that to the community grows the practice. Being able to teach that on a deeper level to my patient grows retention, and that's how we've been able to build our office and offices, we both opened multiple and, and we ended up selling some of our satellite offices. And now we're just in our main clinic here in, uh, in Northwest Houston, Texas.
0: That's amazing. And so you you were actually kind of one of those situations where you've discovered chiropractic and you had the impact on yourself. It wasn't through a friend. It wasn't through a family. It wasn't just something that you just chose to go to school for.
1: Correct. And, you know, chiropractors nowadays, are all over the place, when it comes to what was your experience with chiropractic, because my wife had never even been adjusted until she got to chiropractic school. Sure. And and so chiropractors are like that. And either way, it doesn't matter. We all have our story. My wife has a story. You know, it was her introduction. The chiropractic was uh, a friend of hers was in a car accident and started going to a chiropractor and she would go with her on visits to that chiropractor. Right. Yeah. So even though we all have different stories, we all have one and a reason why we were drawn or, you know, or intrigued about chiropractic. And we all use that story in our marketing and in our education for our patients. And But yeah, mine happened to be a a very personal experience where I thought, man, chiropractic could do that and help people through that misery. Then why would you not want to be a chiropractor? You know,
0: that's amazing. So, so you found out and how old were you when that happened when you're having those about 16 16 so you were still you're still in your teenage years so at that point did you know at 16 years old the day you wanted to be a chiropractor
1: yes I like knew that was that was where you
0: remember thinking I want to be a chiropractor between the ages of 16 and 18 yeah
1: because my chiropractor was just a cool guy man I thought you know I I, I th- thought of myself as a cool guy <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> yeah. and I was like I I could do that you know I I liked the atmosphere of his office um I liked uh just the fact that you, you could, you know, be around people and educate and do all things, the things that he taught me sounded like common sense. And I didn't know why I hadn't heard these things before. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to be like that. And so I went into college, uh, knowing that was the direction I was going to take was, a, uh, it was like the pre-med got my biology degree and then, uh, applied to chiropractic school from there.
0: Super awesome, man. And then, so right out of school. So we got the origin story, went to school, where'd you go to school again? Uh,
1: well, I went to undergrad at Eastern New Mexico University, went to uh, chiropractic school at Parker in Dallas.
0: Parker in Dallas, beautiful. And then so right immediately upon graduation of uh, from Parker, the, you didn't go and just immediately start your clinic, though?
1: No, actually, uh, I, I did some uh, shadowing. So I tried to, you know, do some little research, find out where the, some of the best uh, offices were that some people had heard about. And really it wasn't that hard. You know, some of the clubs that I was in or seminars that I went to, people would be like, oh, you should go visit this office. You know, they're awesome. Yep. And, uh, and it's amazing. You reach out to some of these chiropractors. They're so open to let you come and just hang out and observe. And so I did that. I went through a few offices and hung out and got to see and observe what was going on. And, uh, and then there was uh, one office in uh, Amarillo, Texas. And that's where, you know, working for that office, that's where I ended up graduated going to do a two-year associateship in this office. Uh, we That office saw about, about 1,400 visits a week. There were four, there were probably four chiropractors already there when I got there. And uh, and they were just, um, they were not only like, I mean, like thriving business-wise, but they all understood the philosophy of chiropractic and, and they were teaching it and they were sharing it with patients. And um, I just, my eyes were open to like what was possible. And so those two years I paid as close attention as I could. I tried to save as much money as I could for, cause I always knew I wanted to own my own office yeah. and, uh, and I, I really paid attention to their systems, to their processes, to their payment plans, like all of that stuff. And then my wife actually graduated a year after me from chiropractic school and, and moved to Amarillo and got a job as an associate in the same office oh, wow. as me. Yeah. And, uh, we were there to work. So I worked there a year then she came and we worked there together for a year. And then, uh, and then we found out we were pregnant with our, our first kiddo and, uh, wanted to move back to where where her family was from, which was Houston. And so when we moved back here, we just, uh, started our own office.
0: Nice. And that's what I was going to ask you. So you and your wife are still in business together. Correct. That's beautiful. Uh, so let's, let's actually let, this is something that I I wanted to pick your brain on now that I know that fact, I wasn't sure if that, that was the case or not. Talk, uh, I want to dive in deep in your first let's go one to three years of owning your own practice and I want to yeah. highlight the good and the bad so yep. talk to me about like if you you know looking back on your first one to three years what was really awesome and what was just like absolutely I would never do that again
1: yeah th- those were tough years because they're they're you've got to hustle to make it you know especially yeah. if you're starting your own office and I got really good advice from who is now my mentor but the guy that i worked for those yes. first two years and his best advice that he gave me was you know like start uh don't like don't overspend don't get into debt don't borrow a huge uh, amount of money to buy these uh, machines and all this equipment that people think they need right <clears throat> we went just bare bones and actually rented a, a room from a chiropractor who was already in business and, and I paid him a thousand dollars a month just to be able to adjust people in the room. And we, he let us share his, uh, his waiting room. And, uh, and then I hit the ground, man. I had experience even since chiropractic school, I was actually as a, as a side job to make some extra money. I would do spinal screenings for some of the offices in Dallas. Right. Yeah. So I learned the process of how to do a spinal screening. And really that's what it's all about is just getting in front of people. And so I would go to health shops. I would go to, uh, uh, you know, grocery stores, gyms. And I would just ask them, is there any time I can come and do spinal screenings? Some would say yes. Some would say no. I even started in Walmart doing spinal screenings because I had, uh, <clears throat> it was, a, one of the stores inside Walmart that let me set up and do it. And I was like anywhere I could do it. And even then, like, you know, though, I would go an entire week without a new patient. If I didn't do a screening that weekend, Right. Yeah, right. If, if I wanted a new patient, then I had to do a screening every single weekend and hope that I got a new patient from that screening. Right.
0: Yep.
1: And uh, if, if not, I mean, they weren't going to find me in the yellow pages or the just Googling because I'm working inside this other office, you know. And, and, and so I, we started, I started just hustling. I even got a second job as a, uh, uh, like what a travel doc, you know, where like if someone in the area was going to be out of town, like I would cover a cover doc, okay. I, I would cover their, I would cover their office for them to make some money on a weekend to be able to pay my bills. And, uh, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to put everything I can in this. Uh, and if it fails, I'll, I'll have, I could go back and do an associate job, but I'm going to know that I did everything I could to grow it. And it really started growing once I found that, um, you know, not just those little screenings that definitely kept us above, but I would find these events like, uh, the home and garden show, you know, where it would be like, yeah, it might cost me a thousand dollars for a booth, but man, a thousand people is going to come through that area and I could screen them all. Right. And I would get 20, 30 new patients from like one screening. And, and that would just take my whole practice to another level. And then, you know, what I did was I would connect that with, I learned how to do a dinner workshop when I was in, uh, you know, working for that office in Amarillo and I didn't have anybody to invite to dinner. Right. So what I did was I got a, uh, you know, one of those lead boxes where you give away like a drawing.
0: Oh yeah, sure. And, yeah, yeah.
1: and I would put it at the front of our screening. Like, let's say I did this big screening at the Home and Garden show and I had this lead box and it says, win a free dinner for you and your family at Texas Land and Cattle, right? Or, or, a you know, some nice restaurant. Well, everybody walking by would fill it out because they wanted to win a free dinner. Well, then <laughs> the next day I would get like, you know, a hundred of those leads and call them all one by one and be like hey congratulations you won a free dinner that dinner is going to be on Thursday night at seven o'clock how many seats do you want me to reserve for you yeah. and so like they everybody won because I get to pick how many winners right and yeah. you got to come to the dinner at that time and listen to me talk and I would and so I there were a lot most of people would be like oh no thanks but I would get 20 or 30 people that would say, okay, sure, I'll be there. And then, and I've never seen them before. And I get to do a little presentation on chiropractic and sign up another five or 10 new patients from that dinner. And I just kept doing that as much as I could. And really within the first year we were, we were breaking out of that office, the chiropractor that I was renting the room from was like, Hey, you need to, you need to start looking for your own place. Um, and, uh, and I know like going through the whole pandemic thing, that would have been hard to do, you know, cause you couldn't get out there and do a lot of events and stuff. Uh, but, uh, but it was before that. And that was really what helped me to get get going, get out on my own. Now in the pandemic, we just transitioned from being able to be in front of those people to doing virtuals, uh, you know, workshops. And I did a lot of webinars and things like that. So I still tried to keep the same idea, teaching the same content, trying to get as many in front of as many people as I could. Uh, but we just had to, we just been switching back and forth between doing in-person and doing virtual.
0: Kind of just changed the medium in what you did it, but it was the same kind of messaging.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's smart. So that that was a that was a good strategy that I want I want to make sure that uh, I got correctly, but also our viewers. So you would basically do like a big. You'd find a big event. Like you're like I'm done playing around with these small events. I'm gonna try and find like a thousand people, right? And yeah. then is that at that same event you would use the win the free dinner box? So you basically get you basically getting guaranteed contact in for people that wanted to win the dinner.
1: Yeah. In fact, I had a, a trick for finding those events too because I'm in this at Northwest Houston. And there are only like certain venues that are big enough to hold that big of an event. Like there's a big, there's a big Metropolitan Baptist church. They hold some events there. There's a big thing called a Berry Center. It could hold a lot of people. And so I would call or go by those big venues and be like, hey, can I get a schedule for all of your events that you have coming up? And then once I had the schedule for all of those big venues, then I would go through and be like, hey, which one of these events can I be at? Um, and then I'd ask if I could set up a, you know, booth or something like that at at those events. And sometimes they charge you money for the booths and sometimes, sometimes they don't, but I noticed with those bigger events, man, it was like a, it was like a, like a step up for my office. Every time we did those big events, you know, like the little ones, I still did those. I hustled every week and did the gym and the, and the, you know, health food store and stuff like that. That might give me one or two every once in a while, but those big events. That I would get 20, 30 new patients from, they were really helped us get to that next level.
0: That's genius. So you literally say, okay, hey, look, there's only so many people in town that can hold this many people. So yep. I'm going to go find, that's my Dream 100 list. For those of my listeners, they know I, the you know, you know the Dream 100. You're familiar with Russell Brunson? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Dream 100, that's exactly what you're doing right now. So you basically say, hey, look, I'm going to go find these big players. And then really, in your case, it's it's a space, a big spaces. And yep. then so you would actually go through the events that are scheduled at that big facility. And you would say, okay, hey, look, this one is, So how were you, I guess that's the next question. How were you determining those? Was it like, there have to be like some sort of like synergy? Like how would you say which ones are, which one was not?
1: If they let me in, you know, like, so at the Berry center, it's so big that uh, they had a schedule of events. Like one would be a boat show. One would be a home and garden show. One would be a wedding show, Um, you know? And I'm just like, Hey, if they'll let me buy a booth there, I'm going to be there, you know, because people who own a boat also have a spine. People who are getting married also have a spine. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and you know, now I, I don't do as many. I'm actually going doing another big home and garden show uh, this weekend at the Berry Center. So I still do them. But I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not as I'm not at every one like I used to be, but I still do them and they still really help. And I'll tell you what too. like, there, you, you, if you want to like for me anyway, I was like determined to be successful in my business. So it's like, it wasn't comfortable. Doing those screenings all the time, or calling those people, you know, like when they when they thought they were filling out a piece of paper to win, like a, a dinner uh, gift certificate, probably what they thought, you know what I mean? Right. And I was calling them and saying, "Hey, you won. The dinner is on Thursday at seven o'clock. It, you know, and it's we got the private room. How many seats do you want? You know, like. And sometimes they would be like, "Oh man, what? I don't want that, you know." And they would hang up, and it was uncomfortable, but there was always ten or twenty or thirty that said yes you know and without that we wouldn't have grown as quickly or as, as well so uh, I, you know for docs i tell them like just forget your your insecurity and just be uncomfortable and just you know go do some things that are hard to do you know
0: yeah i have the tiger my friend i have the tiger you know and what i mean by that is like it's when i look at you know if i look at up you know people that we worked with it's like what makes someone successful what makes someone unsuccessful. successful well it's exactly what you just said it's really how bad do you want it you know what i mean? how yep. bad do you want it and how much are you willing to sacrifice for it right so that, yep. that that's amazing and i like and i like that and that's why i want to ask you kind of or, or what i why i did want to ask you about the events too because uh, i wanted to kind of clarify like okay boat shows garden shows some people might be like well that's you know they're, they're 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 there to look at boats They're not it's not relevant to you know what i mean but your mental of that is brilliant they have a spine
1: yeah and occasionally they would do a health fair like there would be a big health fair and that would be great but i found actually that the home garden, the bow show, the wedding was actually better for me because with the health fair, there were already a ton of chiropractors there and other acupuncturists and a bunch of other, you know, I didn't get as many new patients from those, uh, those health fairs as I did from the things that are, you know, people were there for another reason, but they were like, oh, I've been, and most people were already looking for a chiropractor. I found that out too. Like most of the patients that I actually got in, they were like, huh, it's funny. You're here. I was actually gonna, looking for a chiropractor. And then they would end up being my patient because i was there in front of them you know
0: yeah dude that's amazing and i think like you said one is there there's not a lot of competition but i think yeah. like when you're at a boat show and all of a sudden you're like who's this who's this guy that's not like looking like he's selling boats you know what i mean let me go, <laughs> let me go talk to him you know what i mean yeah. so it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like that attention interrupt strategy of like what's this guy doing here you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's all that's a win that's what you want you want that you know so that, that's True. awesome man that's awesome that's a that's a really good strategy i appreciate you sharing that uh, yeah. I want to make sure we, uh, we, we, we cover some other gems that you've, you've been a part of here. Uh, let's go into the, the documentary, right? A Better Way, okay? So, with, you know, the entire focus, and again, I'm, I'm an amateur on it, that's why I want you to explain a little bit more, but your entire focus was to really uncover why America is so obsessed with the Western medicine, Western medicine, pharmaceuticals, drugs, all that kind of stuff. So, just talk to me about, like, how you even started the documentary in the first place.
1: Yeah, so... So I get to chiropractic school in Dallas, Texas. I'm there an entire year learning about this philosophy of chiropractic. And of course I went to chiropractic school thinking it was about back pain. Like, I mean, that's what got me into chiropractic, right? So I'm like, yeah. Hey, I could help people with back pain. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a year in and uh, uh, I get, I never forget. I was actually on a, a trip with the, what they call the, uh, what was it called? The Cairo games, right? Cause I played basketball and we were, we were at a, palmer florida doing the cairo games um and uh i got a phone call in the middle of the night i wake up and i answer it and it's my brother and i could hear in his voice like there was something wrong right and uh he said uh, mom passed away and we need you to come home as soon as you can and uh we got to get her stuff together and, you know, all the funeral procession procedures and stuff like that. And I was like, OK, so I flew home like the school was really nice. Uh, Parker actually flew me home. Damn. Uh, and uh, that week we were we were cleaning out the, my mom's stuff, her room. And I came across her what was kind of like an overnight case that would like but it was it never left her side. It was this big case that she uh, <clears throat> kept with her all the time. And so I unzipped this case and I knew I'd recognize it. She was with it all. She had it all the time. And I opened this case and it was just full of prescription medications. And I, re, I mean, my mom was not the healthiest person. In fact, she was when she was eight years old um, because of a, a scarlet fever incident that attacked her pancreas, she became a type one diabetic. Okay, well, then she was kind of thrown into the medical field, but they didn't give her any instructions on how to, you know, handle properly diabetes or nutrition or anything like that. So she was very medically minded growing up in in the doctor to doctor. In her um, 30s, she, um, she went started developing uh, renal failure, kidney failure. And so they moved her and put her on dialysis, right? Well, she would go every other day to this dialysis center where they would clean her blood. The blood pumps through a machine and cleans it, pumps it back into her. And then she started developing neuropathy. That was really bad, which a lot of diabetes uh, patients will develop neuropathy, but hers got so bad so fast that would, by the time she was 40, she was in a wheelchair. She developed a Charcot joint and that's where the blood flow, die, the nerves and the blood flow in your feet die to an extent where it's like your bone is dying. So if you put any weight on your bone, it will just break all your bones. And so she had to be in a wheelchair uh, in early forties. And then it just continued getting worse, continued getting worse. And she ended up passing away 47 in the middle of the night, right? And so back to where we were, I was going through her overnight case, pulling out these medications one by one, counting how many prescription medications she was taking. And my mom was taking 21 prescription medications at the time when she passed away. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, like a light bulb going off. And I was like, man, if this was the answer, right? It, if if taking more medications was what made you healthier, my mom would have been one of the healthiest people on the planet. And there's something not right. Something's broken here. There there There's a disconnect because she could have been taken 40 or 50 or 60, and it wouldn't have helped her anymore. In fact, it probably would have Heard her even more, right? And uh, from then on, my my uh, concept of why I was in chiropractic, why I was learning natural health, shifted and it changed. And I realized that it's bigger than just um, you know back pain. It's it's even bigger than just a chiropractic adjustment. In that in that it's a it's a philosophy that health comes from the inside right? That so many people grow up in this uh, medical system and they're, they're inundated with 60, 70 TV commercials or, you know, of, of pharmaceuticals every day telling you that health comes from a pill, that if you could just take this little thing that's on the outside of your body, if you could put it on the inside of your body, then it'll make you healthier. And not realizing that so many times it's not about putting something in your body. It's about finding an interference that's interfering with the way your body was designed to function in the first place. Because you, we, were, we, were, we were coming from a standpoint and chiropractic philosophy comes from a standpoint that we were created to be healthy, that we were designed, if, if we're designed and our structure is proper, our function will be proper and we're designed for health, right? And therefore, if, if health is not there, there must be something interfering that's not allowing our bodies to express health. And as a chiropractor, we look for that interference and once we find it, we remove it. Now, I'm not saying that you don't ever have to add something to the body. Sure, the body needs certain things to be able to function properly. So sometimes there are times where we, a crisis situation, we have to depend on medicine, or there's a there's a time where we're deficient in something, we have to add it to it. But most of the time that I deal with patients, and I wish this would have been taught to my mom, it's not about putting something on the inside to make you healthy. It's about determining what's interfering already, removing that interference, and allowing the body to function the way it's designed to. So we, we traveled through and created a documentary that would show why our health in our unite in in the, in our healthcare system in our United States is is so poor. Why we're you know um, we talked about statistics. Why we're you know forty to 43rd on the statistics of the healthiest nations in the world is because we're so dependent on a pill. We're so dependent on the medical system for health instead of looking inward and finding the, the root cause of the problem and utilizing things like chiropractic care to be able to express proper health. It,
0: that was amazing. First of all, thank you for sharing all that. So you're, this all started with your mother to a certain degree. This, this, the, the ambition to start the documentary was founded with her. Correct. Yep. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I have a, I have a very close relatives that I would say fall in the same category as she does. And so that when you told that story, that really, really resonated, honestly. And so
1: go ahead. I was just going to say it it is a, it is a mind shift that even as a chiropractor practicing 15 years, I'm, I'm very proud that I've, I've given over 180,000 adjustments in my career, but. It's not even as much that I'm proud of the adjustments given. It's that moment when a patient in my office comes through and I see a light bulb come off, you know, go off just like mine did where it was like, wait a minute, like uh, health. This is what health is. It's 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 from the inside out. You know, my nervous system controls the function of my body. Like it's that shift that waking up. It's almost like the matrix. Like once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know what I mean? But it's so hard to get all these people to see it in the first place like that's what i'm so proud of and that's what i try to do in my office and that's what i tell chiropractors even that life cycle of a patient is that journey patient journey is all about trying to get that light bulb to go off to get them to see this and i have patients that come in and they get adjusted because it makes them feel better and the light bulb hasn't gone off yet like i can tell you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and then i have other patients who come in regularly and the light bulbs are already going on they're like you know turn my power on doc you know correct the subluxation and, and then, and they work on, and they're not perfect, right? No, none of us are perfect, but at least they come from that standpoint where that foundation is like, I understand what health is, you know?
0: That's amazing. And so when you, when you traveled around, you know, how, how long did it take you to execute all this?
1: Yeah. So we worked on that, uh, for over two years from 2018 to 2020. And then when we released the documentary, it was a little bit tough. Like we had already we had uh, uh, contracts in the works with uh, Fathom uh, events and okay. they were going to be in in uh, theaters across the U.S. Right. showing our movie uh, like special theater, you know, like it was like a special documentary. So there are some theaters that show documentaries and stuff like that quite often. So we were going to be in all those. And uh then it was like June, it was supposed to launch in like June 2020, and that was right when everything just shut down. And so yeah. we had a pivot, you know, and that was like where we went, okay, how do we launch this? And so we did it online and kind of did an online screening, uh live viewing and and tried to do that as well. So it it was tough, but it was we worked on it from before so probably 2017 uh to 2020 was when we launched it that's
0: amazing what's cool about that kind of asset is like you know like the difficulty with the launch and stuff like that but it's such like a it's a long-term play oh i still have
1: people that are sending me emails like i just saw this this documentary and it's life-changing thank you so much you know and i'm like i I don't even know how you saw it but i'm just so glad i did like we're on amazon prime um so if you have it if you have that it could be rented on there or, or our website i think we're on um well, Apple TV and stuff like that too. So.
0: so if somebody wants to find it, they can go on Amazon Prime and search A Better Way.
1: A Better Way. Yep. Or you can go to abetterwayfilm.com. Better there Way be,
0: Beautiful. And there should
1: be links there. Yep.
0: Excellent. I'll make sure to tag those out in the show notes too. If people can click on those and go to those. Appreciate That's awesome. That. Um, one thing I was going to say about the documentary, have you ever seen the other documentary called Heal?
1: Yes. Uh, i I I'm not sure. I don't remember if I've seen the whole thing, but I've heard of it. I, and-
0: with like Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton, yes. like biology of belief type stuff.
1: Yes. And yes. that's
0: like, I'm like, you know, I first got the book biology of belief from a mentor. This is like, this is probably back in 2019. You know, I've learned a lot since then. Right. And I started reading that book. I'm like, I have no idea what's even going on in this book. Now, after working with so many docs and like watching these films, like if I, I'm going to go back and read it. And I'll really get some value from it. Cause sure. I, now I've, I've started to understand like, li- like talking to you and like, listening to others. Is that like, You're right. I mean, you know, back in the day in the caves, in the caveman sense, it's like they weren't putting foreign stuff in and saying that this is health. You know what I mean? That's not how that worked.
1: No. and, And, you know, manipulating a symptom, like if I have a headache and I take a pain med for that headache, that's one thing. But not understanding why I had a headache or if my lifestyle is causing those consecutive headaches, like all of those factors, we just totally we don't even consider them in our medical system. And it just keeps going back to here, cover this up, cover this up until you end up like my mom did with a snowball of medication uh, that you can't get away from. And, you know, and who knows what was going on in her body with that many different pills and things. Um, So they are, they, it has a negative effect on you.
0: Yeah. 100%. Beautiful. I appreciate that all, man. That was amazing uh we we covered we covered a lot in a short period of time I, I got i you know i want to make sure we use the best period of our time okay so we got about 2 to 3 minutes and so i'm going to give you uh my 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 final rapid question that i ask all people successful as yourself right so here's the rapid question for you you've got 30 days starting tomorrow and when you wake up tomorrow you have nothing you have no practice you have no money you have no resources you have no contacts but You have every skill that you have right now and every piece of wisdom and knowledge that you have right now. So you've got 30 days to build back as much as you possibly can of what you have today. What are you going to do? What are you not going to do? Go.
1: All right. So uh, first, I'm going to look for a problem that I can solve with the skills that I do have. And if I was starting over with my knowledge and my skills that I do have right now, I know I can adjust a patient. I know I can find, detect and remove subluxation. Uh, I also know that I have an understanding of health that most people don't have. And uh, you know, if I had no resources to be able to start my own practice or anything, I would go to other chiropractors uh, that are in our area. And I would say, look, I have these skills. I can adjust patients. If you need patients adjusted, I can educate. Um, I can even work for free for a while and be able to help you in your office and be able to uh you know help get this education across to your patients because it will help number one bring in new patients number two uh it'll it'll help those patients understand why they're here and stay longer um you know event wise i I know how to set up the spinal screenings was a great skill that i learned in chiropractic school um you know being able to i worked for those doctors and got paid to do spinal screenings back then so um having that skill to be able to just talk to patients and be able to tell that story of the, of, I always use deductive reasoning. Like, um, so you can't deny that the nervous system is the master system of the body, right? I mean, you can look in any anatomy book in the world. It'll show you the nervous system controls everything. So if that's true, then anything that would interfere with that nervous system would then by definition interfere with the function of the body. Right? So if, a chiropractic, uh, or a subluxation interferes with that nervous system, then removing that subluxation must allow that nervous system to function better. They're allowing your body to function better. So like this deductive reasoning, as long as you know, that as a chiropractor, then you can build all this education out around it. And no matter what, you know, you had said earlier, your medium, right? We're not, no matter if we're doing videos, if we're doing if we're writing blogs, if we're teaching in front of a class, if I can just teach that concept, I know I have value and I can find somebody who would want me to help them with that and be able to get that value out to their community. I don't know if that answers your question. Yes, yes
0: it does. Uh, so <laughs> your summary is that you got you don't have any resources. So you got to find somebody that you can get under a roof and adjust the patients using the skill. Yeah. Then you would also start trying to say, Hey, look, I'm going to, if I do rent from somebody or I do go work for somebody, even for free, yeah. I can still bring in more business through them <laughs> because I know how to set up screenings that I can add you know- value.
1: You know what? That's such a cool scenario because it's like, is if, you, if you have that skill, we can use it at any level. Like somebody came in here and said, I'll adjust, I'll help you. I'll adjust your patience for, there's a, there is a number like you, I might not give you $200,000 a year to do it because I don't even need you that bad, but there's a number we could get to where I'm like, it would be ridiculous for me not to let you do that yeah, for that, right. for that amount. You know right. what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. So as long as you have that skill, and even if you have to start off at a lower price helping people and then building up trust and, and authority and like, and value in that, in that area that you're building it up in, I mean, you could get going again, you know, it's just a skill that matters, the knowledge that matters. So
0: That's exactly it. And then the second, the third piece of that, the skill, the knowledge, and then as Jim Rowan always said, if you, whatever, you can have whatever you want in life by doing one thing, and that is ask. So, mm-hmm. ask to do it. You know what I mean? Get asked to go to the big events, Asked to go to somebody's office. You know what I mean? Hey, that that's
1: ask them if they want to come to a dinner. Yeah, a to the
0: dinner. Right. To the <laughs> dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got You thought you want you you a private dinner. Well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is that you won. Bad yeah. news is that it's not private. I never, yeah. never, never promised that. You it, know? It's
1: like even better news because I'm going to be sharing something really cool with you. Yeah, You yeah, don't yeah. know it's even better news, but it really is. It's really the best <laughs> news that
0: you've gotten all day.
1: Trust me, this is the best thing you're gonna hear all week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. That's amazing. And that was, but yeah, yes, you did answer the question. That was a very good answer for 30 days. What are you gonna do, start to finish? So, I appreciate it, man. Hey, if anybody wants to get uh, in contact with you and learn more about you uh, outside of the Better Way uh, website, uh, where could they do so?
1: Yeah, um, if you're a chiropractor, I'd encourage you to join our our, our private Facebook. Um, we have. Uh, let's see, it is. Uh, well actually the 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 chiropractic like back end of a better way like a lot of chiropractors will use the film and some of the extra footage and we kind of put it into a waiting room video oh sure and 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 so we have that for chiropractors at digitaldoc.io and it allows you to get like one of those apple TVs and just hook it into your TV in your waiting room and you can play all of the content like we have like I think it's 20 hours worth of extra footage that we filmed that we didn't even put in the film that was just amazing chiropractic footage and, and, uh, you know, experts talking so digital doc.io, uh, but we have a, um, a digital doc partners that is a private Facebook group that docs can join, or I have a spinal hygiene doctor's club, Facebook uh, group that docs can join as well.
0: Nice. Very good. I will link those out in the show notes for everybody to click on those, go and learn more about Dr. Tabor and his work. And I will encourage you and myself to check out a Better Way documentary, which I'll be watching. Mm. Um, and again, uh, you see, you can find that on Amazon Prime Video and then also Apple. Yes.
1: Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah. Amazon Prime, or you could go to a betterwayfilm.com.
0: Betterwayfilm.com. I will put all those in there. Mr. Tabor, I appreciate you being on. You've shared a lot of wisdom and uh, I will link out everything. I hope we can have a follow-up conversation. And uh, again, I appreciate everyone's time. And if you got some value from Dr. Tabor and all his words of wisdom, uh, make sure you remember to pay the fee and share it forward. My friends, thank you for another episode of Clinic Growth Secrets and we'll see you next time.